Hey, welcome to the Art of Successful Living. My name is Joanne Williams. This podcast is all about learning how to overcome personal difficulties, make better choices, and cultivate a closer relationship with Jesus Christ. Hey, everybody, how y'all doing? Well, I hope. As for me, it's really been rough. I've had some hits and some misses on this consecration. How come nobody told me about Ezekiel bread? It is wonderful. And the fact that I found out it was flourless, yay. <laughs> I baked some zucchini and, you know, um, I sliced it up. I seasoned it on both sides of each slice. <laughs> It was so salty. Good Lord. I Like I said, I had some hits and some misses while I'm trying to work through this consecration. But I hope you are faring well and I hope all is well. And definitely um, praying for all of my listeners out there. Anyway, let's begin our review about why consecration is so important to start off the new year. If you missed the first three episodes, I encourage you to go back and listen to it. Anyway, number one, consecration prepares you for an unknown future. Joshua chapter three, verses four through five, verse eight, verses 14 through 17. Consecration. Number two, consecration prepares you to stand before two people, God and your enemies. Joshua chapter 7, verses 6 through 14. Uh, the number three reason why consecration is so important. Consecration purifies your heart mo motivations. Consecration purifies your heart motivations. Your consecration represents your purity. So today, as we begin this episode, we're going to start off by talking about number four, the fourth reason why consecration is so important. Consecration averts God's judgment and brings God's presence. And we're going to be looking at Joel chapter two, verses 15 through 17 and Hebrews Verses, uh, well, chapter 10, verse 26 through 31. But let me give you a little bit more insight about this. First of all, consecration means the cessation of all fleshly activity and even spiritual activity for the sake of coming to a place of self-examination to see if God is holding against you any violations or if you have violated God's trust in some kind of way. So um, you are setting aside some time. You're focusing in on God, you know, and you are examining yourself um, to ascertain whether or not you have violated God's trust or if God is holding against you any violations. Secondly, consecration averts or curtails God's judgment and brings his presence. 
So now let's look at Joel chapter two, verse 15 through 17. And this particular one, I'm going to be reading from the New King James Version. And it reads, blow the trumpet in Zion, consecrate a fast, call a sacred assembly, gather the people, sanctify the congregation, assemble the elders, gather the children and nursing babies. Let the bridegroom go out from his chamber and the bride from her dressing room. Let the priests who minister to the Lord weep between the porch and the altar. Let them say, spare your people, O Lord, and do not give your heritage to reproach that the nation should rule over them. Why should they say among the people, where is their God? So let's break that down just a little bit. Blow a trumpet in Zion. This is a call to assembly. Here, the sounding of the shofar is not a military alert, but a spiritual alert, calling individual Israelites as well as the nation to repentance. Here, the warning was to be sounded from a different platform. The message that was to be heralded or proclaimed from Zion, the holy mountain, which was um, in reference to Mount Moriah, where Solomon's temple stood, the priest, not the soldier, was to blow the shofar, and not as a military alert, but as I said, a spiritual alert, a call. It was a call to gather Judah for individual and national repentance. And the temple um, was the abode of God's presence and the place to beseech him in prayer and fasting in the hope that God would uh, divert judgment in this case. So this call to assemble has to do with corporate worship. Remember, because he called everybody, he, the priest, the if folks just got married, stop what you're doing, come you know, you got to come and be on this fast. I'm calling, you know, the elders, the even the babies, everybody. This is a corporate worship. No one is exempt. This was an urgent need for repentance in order to avoid judgment. Then he uses the word consecrate uh, or the sentence consecrate a fast. The call is to return. This is a fast that is calculated not to impress God with our willingness to forgo some pleasures of life, but a fast from the heart. It was seeking to get our heart prepared to focus on meeting before Jehovah. Consecrate, to sanctify, to set apart, make holy to set apart for a specific use, remove from common use. Specifically is that one prepares their heart to meet God. This fasting entails petitions to God and seeking to know his will. It leads to purification. Get the sin out the camp. You know, we live in desperate times. 
our lives, our families, our churches, our communities, and our nation reflect the ruinous effects of our sinful ways. To some degree, we all have pursued the things of the world and stand guilty of worshiping the created, not the creator. So where do we place our trust? Have we abandoned our faith in the Lord? In many of our lives, our passion for him has grown cold because we're busy. You know, I don't know, watching football maybe, you know, football games, baby showers, weddings, get-togethers. Gosh, we travel a lot. I mean, there's so many things that can get us distracted in this world. Even, you know, remodeling the house. Have our passion for him grown cold? Are we guilty of bearing false witness before the God of the universe? You know, we say one thing, but we're doing something else. How far have we wandered from the calling God has placed on our lives? God has not moved. The Bible says he is the same yesterday, today, and forever. But where are we? Are we wandering away? Do we need to get our focus back? Our second scripture comes from Hebrew chapter 10, verses 26 through 31. Now, I'm going to be reading from the New Living Translation. And verse 26 reads, Dear friends, if we deliberately keep sinning after we have received a knowledge of the truth, there is no longer any sacrifice that will cover these sins. Verse 27, there is only the terrible expectation of God's judgment and the raising, raging fire that will consume his enemies. Verse 28, for anyone who refused to obey the law of Moses was put to death without mercy on the testimony of two or three witnesses. Just think how much worse the punishment will be for those who have trampled on the son of God and have treated the blood of the covenant, which made us holy as if it were common and unholy and have insulted and disdained the Holy Spirit who brings God's mercy to us. Verse 30, for we know the one who said, I will take revenge. I will pay them back. He also said, the Lord will judge his own people. Verse 31, it is a terrible thing to fall into the hands of the living God. The context here is not about um, a person who is a believer and then one day ceases to be a believer or loses their salvation. That's not what he's talking about. So don't let anybody tell you that you can lose your salvation if you willfully or even deliberately sin. That's a false teaching which goes against a flood of Bible passages that teach eternal security. You can go and read Jesus' promise in John chapter 10, verses 27 through 29. Go and check that out, and then you can look up some other scriptures. But on the other hand, just because 
God's infinite mercy does not strike us down when we commit deliberate sin. His grace and mercy should never be treated as an invitation to live licentiously. While we're no longer under the law, but under grace, grace is not a license to sin. We are not at liberty liberty to sin willfully or deliberately. To the contrary, we now have the power to enable us to fight against the temptation to deliberately sin. We will fail sometimes and fall sometimes, but it it should always be the exception and never the rule. And man, certainly not the habitual practice of our lives. The text here has to do with the Apostle Paul issuing a warning. If believers who have the knowledge of the truth continue to sin, that God, God's judgment will be poured out. Just remember, though, when God pours out his judgment on his people, it refines them. You know, like pure gold, we shall come forth as pure gold. God holds us accountable. But his desire is God desires our obedience from the heart. It's not to destroy us. It's not to, um, you know, like I said, cause us to lose our salvation, but it's to clean us up, to help us to get it together. All right. All right. So this is why consecration is so important. Let's move on. I'm going to cover today. That was the fourth reason. So now I'm going to cover the fifth reason why consecration is so important. Consecration makes the spiritually weak strong. And now let the weak say, I am strong. Sanctification is your way to perfection and maturity. We're going to be looking at verses, or we're going to be looking at these particular scriptures. I keep saying verses, I mean scriptures. Hebrews chapter 7, verse 23 through 28, and also Hebrews chapter 10, verse 14. If you want to be spiritually strong, you have to enter into a permanent consecration with God. Consecration, as I said before, makes the spiritually weak strong. Not just temporarily like the Old Testament priests who did temporary service and then died. We have a high priest whoever lives to make intercession for us so that we can stay consecrated. Jesus is praying to keep us consecrated because truth of the matter is, if he doesn't, we are going to get distracted, which most of us are, by the lust of the world, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. Let's look at Hebrews chapter 10, verse 14, King James Version. For by one offering, he hath perfected or completed, meaning an on, this is, this means it's an ongoing process. Even though he uses the word perfected is the way it's written. It means that it's continuous, that this is an ongoing process. So for by one offering, 
he hath perfected forever them that are sanctified. All right. So again, this is an ongoing process. And then Hebrews chapter seven, verses 23 through 28. And I'm reading from um, the New Living Translation. Um, verse 23. There are many priests under the old system for death prevented them from remaining in office. But because Jesus lives forever, his priesthood lasts forever. Therefore, he is able once and forever to save those who come to God through him. He lives forever to intercede with God on their behalf. He is the kind of high priest we need because he is holy and blameless, unstained by sin. He has been set apart from sinners and has given the highest place of honor in heaven. Unlike those other high priests, he does not need to offer sacrifices every day. They did this for their own sins first and then for the sins of the people. But Jesus did this once for all when he offered himself as a sacrifice for the people's sins. The law appointed high priests who were limited by human weakness. But after the law was given, God appointed his son with an oath and his son has been made the perfect high priest forever. That's verse 28. So Jesus, the eternally, thank you, Jesus, the eternally abiding priest is doing what he intercedes for his people. The one who knows us intimately and sympathizes with us will always be there always be alive to aid us on our journey to the place where he now resides in the very presence of God. So this is just a reminder that this consecration is so important to begin this new year because it's going to Help us in many ways. Those that of us who are weak spiritually, we can be made strong. It's part of our way of coming to that maturity, to that perfection. And like I said before, let the weak say, I am strong. I hope that you have taken time or that you have scheduled or set apart some time to come before the living God, to sit in his presence, to um, pull back from some of your activities and goings on and just come into his presence. Talk to him. He's going to reveal his will for you, his plans for you, what God is looking for, what we need to, to work on. It draws us closer. And I don't know about you, but man, coming closer, going deeper, looking upward helps me. And I hope that it helps you to focus 
on the living God who is so awesome, so great, so wonderful, so incredible that he will do wonders among us. And that's what I'm looking forward to this year. Despite everything that is going on, the Bible says the Lord will do wonders among us. Just a reminder that this consecration can be done at any time you so desire. You don't have to do it for the month of January. You could do it for the month of February. Whatever month floats your boat. I just believe that it's an awesome way and an awesome thing to do uh, as believers. The goal of this podcast is to influence Christian believers to lead successful or more successful Christian lives as we reflect on the love of God and the word of God. If you are looking for the power to conquer challenges, resist temptations in our culture, gain insight and wisdom for decision making and deepen your walk with God, join us every Wednesday. Click that subscribe button so you can be notified when the next podcast comes out. While you're at it, spread the news to your family and friends to check this podcast out. Until next time. Be blessed.